Angelus is a popular Marian prayer, traditionally recited at three times during the day, morning, noon, and night, or, more specifically, 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. This prayer, whose name is Latin for angel, is the prayer of the Annunciation of the Angel of the Lord to Mary, and the Incarnation of our Savior into the womb of His Immaculate Mother. This prayer includes a verse and a response, followed by the Hail Mary. After three sets of these, a Marian intercession is prayed, and followed by a prayer to our Lord. That is the structure, but where did the Angelus come from, and why is it prayed three times a day? In this episode of Catholic History Trek, I'll attempt to answer these questions about the Angelus. God bless America. God love you. I want these to be my first words of greeting to you. They will be the concluding words on each broadcast. I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president. You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. St. Aethelwold, the Bishop of Winchester, was a holy reformer who had been labeled as gentler than a dove to the meek and terrible as a lion to the rebellious. He was also called a father of monks and in 975 composed a monastic rule, the Regularis Concordia. This rule included three prayers called the Tres Orationes, meaning three prayers in Latin. These prayers were preceded by the Psalms and were said after Compline as well as before Matins and again at Prime. Compline, Matin, and Prime are three of the canonical hours, which are divisions of the day set up for regular intervals of prayer. You may know these by their other names, such as the Divine Office, the Liturgy of the Hours, or the Breviary, which itself is the name of the book that contains the daily prayers readings for the canonical hours. Traditionally, there are nine canonical hours, vigils, matins, lauds, prime, terce, sext, known, vespers, and compline. And for a better explanation of the canonical hours, be sure to check out our previous Catholic History Trek episode on that topic. St. Aethelwold had these three prayers used for three of these nine hours, and although there's no mention of a bell being rung after Compline for the prayers, he does mention a bell being rung for those other two hours. Although as time went on, the peals of the bell were added for Compline, and from this we find a historical root of praying at three set times the day, upon hearing a bell. Half a century later, we find the introduction of the Alma Redemptoris, which is one of the four Marian antiphons sung after Compline, immediately before going to sleep. The Alma Redemptoris is prayed from the beginning of Advent, the fourth Sunday before Christmas, through February 1st, and the prayer changes as Advent progresses to the Christmas season. And from the beginning of Advent until December 23rd, so Christmas Eve Eve, we find several lines from the Alma Redemptoris, which are later found in the Angelus, specifically the first verse in response to the Angelus, which go, The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, with the response, And she conceived of the Holy Spirit. And the concluding part of the Angelus is also found in this prayer, the part that goes, Let us pray, pour forth, we beseech thee, and so on. 
the Alma Redemptoris is contributed to Herman Contractus, known as Herman the Cripple, who lived in the first half of the 11th century. You may recall Herman Contractus if you heard a previous Catholic History Trek episode on the history of a different Marian prayer. That would be the Salve Regina, or Hail Holy Queen. So, with Herman Contractus composing the Alma Redemptoris in the mid-11th century, that places parts of the Angelus to the mid-11th century. Also in the 11th century, there was a custom of praying three Ave Marias, or three Hail Marys, during the evening bell, which was rung around sunset, which seemingly arose from the Council of Caen, presided by William the Conqueror and the Archbishop Rouen and Lanfranc, when an evening curfew is instituted following a triple ringing of the bells following Compline. Pope Gregory IX then issued a 1239 ordinance enjoining a bell to be rung in the evening for the salutation and praises of Our Lady and to remind people to pray for the Crusades. Thirty years later, at the Franciscan General Chapter of 1269, around the time of St. Bonaventure, a decree was issued directing the Franciscan preachers to urge the faithful to adopt the Franciscan practice of saying three Aves at the evening Compline Bell. The Franciscan practice went back at least half a century earlier, as St. Anthony of Padua is said to have recommended the recitation of these three Aves, or three Hail Marys. At a provincial synod of Gran in 1307, a decree was issued that three Aves should be recited at the sound of the evening bell. A provincial synod, such as this one, is a local council which only impacts a small area within a nation. Moving upward in rank and importance, above the provincial would be the plenary council, which includes the episcopate of an entire nation, and ultimately an ecumenical council, which is the highest, which the Pope alone convokes and approves. By the early 14th century, this local and monastic practice had been approved by the Universal Church, and Pope Clement V instituted the formal practice of praying three Aves following the Compline Bell in Rome, and Pope John XXII indulged this practice in 1318 and then again in 1327. As mentioned previously, the Tracerationes was prayed at Compline, Matins, and Prime. Compline is just before bed. Matins is early in the morning around sunrise, and prime is 6 a.m., or what is called the first hour. And as I mentioned, this monastic practice of praying the Tracerationes led to the recital of the three Aves at the evening bell, and it wasn't long before a similar custom established itself for the ringing of the morning bell at prime. During the 13th and 14th centuries, Italy was split between warring factions of Guelphs and Ghibellines, who sided with either the papacy or the Holy Roman Empire, respectively. For many decades, the church party and the imperial party fought back and forth when the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick was soundly defeated in 1248 at the Battle of Parma. This was merely a setback for the empire. And the fighting continued into the next century. In this backdrop, the earliest mention of the morning prayers seems to be in a chronicle of the city of Parma dated in 1318. The Bishop of Parma exhorted all those who heard the ringing of Parma's town bell to recite the Lord's Prayer and the Hail Mary three times each. These prayers were to be said with the intention of preserving peace, leading to the bell being called the Peace Bell. This tradition would eventually spread beyond Parma, and when monasteries would ring their bells for the aforementioned canonical hours, 
calling the monks to recite the various prayers of the divine office, some of the laity would join in, offering their own prayers upon hearing the bells. And instead of memorizing the psalms and the other parts of each of the canonical hours, the laity would often offer up Ave Marias. And so we ended up with a practice of praying three Hail Marys upon hearing the morning bell to go with the practice of three Hail Marys upon hearing the evening bell, both of which derive from monastic practices of praying the canonical hours. But the midday, Angelus, that origin comes to us through war. Just three years after conquering Constantinople in 1453, the Ottoman Turks set their sight on Belgrade. The city was sort of the midpoint in their march from Constantinople to Vienna, the capital of the Holy Roman Empire. After that, the ultimate prize of Rome would be in their grasp. But the first step on the march towards Rome was Belgrade. Realizing the dangers facing the West should Belgrade fall to the Turks, Pope Calixtus III ordered the bells of every church in Europe to be rung daily at noon. The noon bells would be a call to prayer for the intention of Belgrade's defenders against the oncoming invasion of Sultan Mehmed II. The city of Belgrade was besieged by the Turks on July 4th of 1453. A small Catholic relief force arrived 10 days later attempting to relieve the beleaguered city. This relief force, led by the military commander of the Hungarian Empire, Janos Hunyadi, struggled to stop the Turkish onslaught. After a week of fighting, the larger Turkish force was winning the battle, and the Turks had breached the walls of the city. But the Turks decided not to press their advance through the breach when it was made. This was due to the timing of the breach, as it occurred late in the day when the sun was setting, and the soldiers were exhausted from a long day of fighting. The Turks retired for the night to rest and regroup, with the walls broken and the smaller Catholic army unable to repel them. Both sides expected the arrested Turks to overtake Belgrade the following day. After both the Catholic army Janos Hunyadi and the Turkish army of Sultan Mehmed II had returned to their camps, something unexpected happened. The Franciscan priest John of Capistrano roused the local peasants from Mung, the Serbian countryside, to attack the Turkish army. Ill-equipped for such a battle, armed with only tools and farming implements, the peasants nonetheless charged against the camp of the much larger and much better equipped Turks. Accounts tell that if by some sort of miracle, the Turks were inexplicably paralyzed with fear when this ragtag rabble of peasants attacked them. Hunyadi, noticing the unexpected attack and the equally unexpected initial success of the attack, capitalized on the opportunity and pressed his soldiers to join the battle. The Turkish army was crushed in what became known as the Miracle of Belgrade. In thanksgiving for the victory, which not only saved Belgrade, but had for the moment saved Christendom, the Pope ordered that the bells continue to ring daily at noon. German synods held in the 14th and 15th centuries speak of these midday bells and their prayers, as did King Louis VI of France in 1475. Prayer books of this era from both Germany and England offer midday prayers to be said accompanying three Ave Marias, which should be prayed at midday. From the 11th century through the 15th century, portions of the Angelus emerged in Catholic practice, praying three times daily at the ringing of the bell, portions of the text of the Angelus from the Alma Redemptoris, praying three Hail Marys at the 6 a.m. morning bell of Prime, praying three Hail Marys at the noon bell from the Battle of Belgrade, 
and praying three Hail Marys at 6 p.m. for the evening bell of Compline, but it wasn't until the early 17th century that these elements were combined and the Angelus finally made its official appearance. The trifold versicles and responses of the Angelus first appear in a catechism printed in Venice in 1560. Over the next decade, they appeared in the Little Office for the Blessed Virgin, and in 1588, St. Peter Canatius added the Angelus to his Catholic's manual. In Italy, there was a custom of praying the De Profundis after the evening Angelus, which may have possibly led to the concluding prayer of the Angelus. And by 1612, the entire Angelus as we know it today came into existence. Since the 17th century, the Angelus has been a very popular prayer and came to replace the three Aves prayed at the morning, midday, and evening bell. It has been continually recommended by the popes from the papacy of Pope Benedict XIV up to the present. Pope Pius XII, in a 1956 apostolic letter commemorating the 500th anniversary of the miracle of Belgrade, called upon the faithful to pray for the persecuted Catholics in the East in their continued tradition of praying the noon Angelus. Pope Paul VI wrote about the Angelus in his Marialis Cultus, referencing the tradition of praying the morning, noon, and evening Angelus. He also began the practice of praying the noon Angelus publicly at St. Peter's Square at the Vatican. This Angelus is accompanied by a short address to pilgrims gathered at the square and has been continued by subsequent popes. Today, the Angelus is recited three times during the day, morning, noon, and night, or more specifically, 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. This corresponded with the church bells, which were rung at these times. Traditionally, the Angelus was recited kneeling, except on Saturday evening and Sunday, when it was prayed standing. In 1724, Pope Benedict XIII granted an indulgence of 100 days for each recitation of the Angelus, with a plenary indulgence that could be merited once per month. In 1884, Pope Leo XIII loosened the requirement for earning the indulgences that it was no longer required to pray kneeling. And, instead of praying at the exact times corresponding with the morning, evening, and noon bells, it could be prayed at an approximate time. He also allowed for praying a five Hail Marys in lieu of the Angelus for those who were unable to memorize or read the prayers. In 1743, Pope Benedict XIV substituted the praying of the Regina Celi for the Angelus during the Easter season. And there will be a future episode coming up on the history of the Regina Celi. And with all the episodes in the series I'm doing on the history of prayers, I usually end the episode with the praying of that prayer. This prayer being a slightly longer one than normal, I will probably try to go through it a little quicker than normal. Angelus Domini, Nunciavit Mariae, et Concepit de Spiritu Sancto, Ave Maria Grazia Plena Dominus Tecum, Benedicta Tu in Mulierbus, Benedictus Fructus Ventris, Tui Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, Ora Pronobis Peccatoribus, Nunc in et Hora Mortis Nostre, Amen. Ecce Ancilla Domini, Fiat Mihi Secundum Verbum Tuum, Ave Maria Grazia Plena Dominus Tecum, Benedicta Tu in Mulierbus, Benedictus Fructus Ventris, Tui Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in et hora mortis nostre. Amen. Et verbum caro factum est, et habitavi in nobis. Ave Maria gratia plena Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris, tui Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in et hora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Order pro nobis sancte de igenetrix, ut digni efficiamor promissionibus Christi. Oremus, gratiam tuum coisimus domine metibus nostris infunde, ut qui angelunitiate Christi filii tui incarnationem cagnovumus, per passionem eus et crucem, ad resurrectionis gloriam producamor, per iundum Christum dominum nostrum. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com.